What up, what up, what up, ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's golden boy, Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 239 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. 239th episode thank y'all for y'all support keep it going keep it flowing this episode here nfl man it is now time to separate the contenders from the pretenders uh we gonna recap them wild card games that took place last weekend and you know of course i'm gonna do my predictions for the divisional rounds and you know in between i'm gonna throw you know in between i'm gonna throw some stuff in there whatnot you know what i'm saying but uh again thank everybody for their support keep it going keep it flowing um look the wild card games was last weekend um unfortunately i had to work so i had to basically wait till i get home to watch some of the games in its entirety, and then there was some games I was able to, you know, catch on my phone while I was working, like like the Cowboys and Niners, I was able to catch that while I was working, you know, cleaning rooms or whatnot, I was able to, you know, watch the game or whatnot, you know, whether it was on my phone or, you know, in one of the rooms I was cleaning, I was able to chop it up or whatnot, but, uh, First, you know, the first game that was taking place over that or over last weekend was the Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals, I mean, I predicted that the Bengals would win that game. And that was one of the games that I actually got right. I actually enjoyed seeing what the Bengals have made themselves into this season. Because I know when the season first started, I know for a Snapple top fact. Nobody and their mother thought that the Bengals would be the team to come out of the AFC North, let alone win the division. You know, when the season first started, nobody said the Bengals. I don't even think their own fans said the Bengals because we didn't know how Joe Burrow would be after, you know, missing last, well, missing damn near all of last season with his torn ACL. We didn't know how Mixon would be in the playoffs. We didn't know how Jamal Chase would be in the playoffs. And listen, all three of those guys, you could basically say that's the big three of the Bengals. I mean, Mixon only had 48 yards on the ground with 17 carries. So quite frankly, he was pretty much ineffective. But Joe Burrow did his thing in his first playoff game. He did get sacked twice, but he was poised. He was calm. And the Bengals took that game 26-19. Um, Again, like I said, I picked the Bengals to win, but... Even though the Raiders lost, the Raiders should still be satisfied with their season. They should be. Um, they ended the season, obviously, 10-7 and 7 in the regular season. They lost the wildcard game, obviously. But with all the stuff that happened this year with the Raiders, they should be very impressed with their performance. They should be very impressed with their performance this season. Um, and then they basically cleaned shop. You know, it was reported that earlier this week... That uh, former general manager Mike Mayock was fired. Um, no word yet on 
the Raiders' current coach. I can't even pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to try to mess it up. But me, in my honest opinion, I think he should be the coach for the future for the Raiders. Um, listen, when Gruden got fired, this Raiders team gravita gravitated towards uh, Rich. I'm just I'm Rich or Rich Rich or Rick. I can't even. I think his first name is Rick, but y'all know who I'm talking about, okay? Coach Rick, Coach Rick, Coach Rick or Coach Rich. They gravitated to him. Even with the incident that happened with the uh, Rugs and the other player um, that was basically making threats on social media or whatnot, they gravitated towards, you know, this coach. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I think that he earned his right to take that interim tag off his coaching status and make him a head coach. But again, you know how this goes. Usually when general managers get fired, you know, other coaches wind up going with him. So let's see what happens with the Raiders. Now, as far as the Bengals, Listen, like, like like I said, man, I'm very impressed with this Bengals team. I'm very, very, very impressed. Obviously, Joe Burrow, like, I just spoke high praise on him at the beginning of this segment. It's a lot of praise, a lot of promise, you know, with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Like, they're, they're one of the new big threes in the NFL, and they're young. Now, the key of this is... Can they stay healthy? Because if they can stay healthy and the Bengals got a decent defense, if they can stay healthy and keep this team together, they're going to be one of those teams of the future. Best believe that. Best, best, best believe that. Me, in my honest opinion, I would give the Bengals coach, coach of the year. Because nobody expected this from the Bengals. But I honestly think that the coach that they're going up against in the divisional round will be coach of the year, which will be Mike Vrabel. Um, so, yeah, Cincinnati moves on after their 26-19 victory on the Raiders. Whew. And then the nightcap game. Buffalo and the Patriots. Whew. Mm, 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 mm. Look, I had the Patriots winning. I guess you could say that I went with experience from the coaching standpoint because I was taking Coach Belichick over, you know, Scott, uh, Sean McDermott any day. But the Bills, from start to finish, from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, they had their foots on the Patriots' neck. They had it on them the whole game, and they was not letting up at all. Like, they wanted to send a direct message, and they did with a 47-17 to 17 victory. They basically said, we're going to run this score up. We're going to remember all of the years that y'all had this division hostage, which was 20 years. Two decades, the New England Patriots held that AFC East division 
hostage. Buffalo said, you know what? Y'all beat us at home when y'all didn't throw the ball. We beat y'all in y'all house. We got the division. And now y'all got to come back here for one game. We're going to smoke y'all. And that's exactly what they did. Again, from beginning to end, Josh Allen, a lot of pressure was on him this game because of that money he had gotten the offseason. So it was a lot of pressure on him, a lot of pressure on him. And he showed out 21 for 25, 308 yards, five touchdowns. He even killed them running the ball, too. So he he murked them throwing the ball and catching the ball. It was one touchdown he threw. I think it was to Greg Knox, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, not Greg Knox. I'm part himself. Uh, Dawson Knox. I think it was the first touchdown or the second touchdown. He looked like he was throwing the shit out of bounds. And Knox just went up in the air and caught it. But yeah, like Buffalo wanted to send a direct message to this Patriots team. They said, listen, this division is ours now. Yeah, I've had it for 20 years. Brady is gone. It's our time now. That's basically the message that they sent in that game. And again, like I said, 47 to 17. I don't think I've ever recalled a Patriot team getting smacked like that in the playoffs. I don't even think I've ever seen it in the regular season. I mean, you can probably go back to what, 2014, when they got smoked by the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. You know, that was the game where they was like, oh, maybe it's time for Brady to go. And then Coach Belichick was like, we're on to Cincinnati. And then the rest is history. I think that's probably the last time we actually seen New England get smoked like that in the game. Man, this game here, man. Whew. Even for Coach Belichick, I know this had to hurt. It had to. It had it had to hurt. It had it had to hurt. They didn't see this coming at all. But uh I will say this. With this loss, I still like the direction of the Patriots. Um, Mac Jones is one of the future bright quarterbacks in this game, along with Joe Burrow, along with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, if he can stay healthy. Look, that quarterback position, man, with all these young stars, it's going to be in good hands. It's going to be, it's going to be in good hands. You know what I'm saying? This was a hiccup for him. He had no experience in the postseason. He said he didn't like playing in the cold. Obviously, it showed. <laughs> Two interceptions. One interception. I forgot. Who, was, who, who, who caught that shit for Buffalo? I think it was Hyde. I don't know how he caught that shit. You know, he threw it in the end zone and he just came out of nowhere. Like, for all my wrestling fans out there, y'all know how Randy Orton do, does the RKO out of nowhere? Well, homeboy did an interception out of nowhere. Like, he literally came out of nowhere and caught that interception. But, yeah, this New England team, man, like, as long as Coach Belichick is there, the future is bright for them. Um, I, do, I, I do believe that if Mac Jones can somehow find 
uh, a one-two punch as far as receivers can, as far as the wide receivers is concerned, they'll be fine because as long as Belichick is there, the defense is gonna always be top-notch, decent at best because that's Coach Belichick's pedigree defense. So the defense aspect is not what I'm worried about. If he can find himself some decent receivers, consistent receivers, they have a running game, you know what I'm saying? Even though they was kind of non-existent in this game. Damian Harris, I like Damian Harris. I like um he had a he had like an emotional exchange with one of the coaches before the game was over. I mean, they pretty much knew the game was over, but you know, it's a video. It's a video that's out where the coach was basically saying that how you've matured from the beginning of the season to now. Don't let this one game destroy you. You know, I love you. Can't wait to see you next season. That's what it's about, man. Even in defeat, you know. You know, you you know, you continue to you know walk with your heads held high. And if anything, this is gonna motivate New England next season. You know, with a loss like this, this will definitely motivate them. Going into next season, I could definitely see the Patriots running it back and being one of the seven teams that make the playoffs next season. But as far as Buffalo goes, they advance to the next round and who they will go up against. I will get into that a little later. But uh, the Sunday divisional games, well, wildcard games, you had the Bucks and you had... The Eagles, mm, man, I wasn't surprised that the Bucks won 31-15. I didn't like how they ended the game, I'll tell you that much. You know, they had, listen, they had a 31-zip lead going into the fourth quarter. And not for nothing, I would say a little after they got 31 points, after Mike Evans scored that touchdown pass from Brady, it's like the Bucks defense basically said, you know what, we can take our foot off the gas right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we already got the game won. And I didn't like that approach because what it did was you basically, how can I say it? The momentum that you could have took into your divisional round game, you didn't do that because the Eagles scored 15 unanswered points and basically in the fourth quarter. So, listen, I'm crucial when it comes to Tampa. You know what I'm saying? For obvious reasons. Um, I was impressed with Brady. Uh, I was definitely impressed with the running game. I mean, don't let the 53 yards from Keyshawn Vaughn fool you. Okay, yeah, he didn't have 70 to 80 yards, but his first run of the game, I was like, okay, we like we, we could see something here. I think it was about 15 to 20 yards on his first run. So I was like, okay, we might have something here. Um, Mike Evans, like it's clear that he's Brady's, go-to receiver um listen Gronk is Gronk like this is postseason time so you know Gronk is gonna you know show up and show out but uh unfortunately you know 
Brady did, you know, taste the grass, you could say, a couple of times in this game. He got sacked four times. I think three of them were on third down conversions. And uh, unfortunately, Tampa's right tackle, Tristan Wirth, got hurt. I believe it was the second quarter he got hurt. Um, they said that he left the stadium in a boot. So obviously his status for the divisional round is highly questionable. He tried to come back in, which I don't understand why he did, because as soon as he did, he didn't look good. Um, Ryan Jens Jansen or Jensen, um, the center for the Bucks, he got hurt, but he wound up getting back in the game. So they're going to be very, very, very handicapped in this divisional round against their opponent. I'm not going to say who it is yet because I didn't recap the game yet, but yeah, Tampa's going to have Tampa got Tampa got some serious serious work to handle before this game. Um their defense is still like I said, the defense played well the first half. I'll give them that. Uh Shaq Barrett had an interception off of Jalen Hurts uh, Edwards had an interception in the end zone when it looked like the Eagles could have had a spark in the first half. They could have made things very interesting in the first half, but they relied too much on Jalen Hurts. They gave up on the running game. They was basically trying to have Jalen Hurts out there look like something that he wasn't, which was a bona fide thrower, and he wasn't. But trust me, I'm not complaining. Tampa won, and that's all that matters to me. Um, Philly, I mean, listen, I don't know what to expect from the Eagles next season, but I will say this. I did not expect them to make the playoffs this season. So the fact that they did that is a major improvement. Now the question is, do they go with Jalen Hurts or do they find another quarterback? But their coach already let it be known that Jalen Hurts is their guy. So, listen, coaches say a lot of shit, and then things change. Hell, owners say a lot of shit, and then, and then things change. A la Jerry Jones. Speaking of Jerry Jones, listen, my highlight of last weekend. Disclaimer, I did pick the Cowboys to win. Let's just get that out the way. I did pick them to win. But I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm sad that they lost. Because that would be a bold-faced lie. I was on cloud nine. And then how they lost made it even better. Like, I mean, listen. Their running game was not effective. Zeke had 12 carries for 31 yards. Pollard only had four carries for 14 yards. Dak, your quarterback, had basically tied carries than Tony Pollard, including that last run, which I'm going to get into in a few minutes. Now, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, 
they both got to shoulder the blame for this Cowboys loss. I mean, it's losses all across the board. Now, I know Cowboy fans out there, they want to blame the refs. Obviously, for that last run that Dak did. But I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. But if you really want to blame anybody for this loss, you got to blame the team. 14 penalties. 14 penalties. 14 penalties. And you expect your team to win? And then you got to remember, especially in the fourth quarter, like when it came when it came crunch time, they had a lot of penalties. Like I counted a good off the top of my head right now, I can count about a good 3-4 penalties they had in crunch time in that fourth quarter. Whether it was a hold or like whatever, like it was a call that they shouldn't have had. And that is a reflection of the coach of not having your troops ready. That's where it comes from. Now, I know fans want to blame the ref because of the run that Dak had um, where the ref basically got in the middle of Dak in the center and the time ran out as Dak tried to spike the ball. At the end of the day, that's on Dak. Because if you have no timeouts left, why would you be trying to run for all them yards anyway? Like he like he really tried to be like he really, really, really tried to play hero. And I get it. He just got his money. He got paid 75 million this year. So I guess in his mind, he figured, yo, I gotta be the hero in this game. I'm the guy that got this money. I got this bag. Yeah, I got to be the hero. So maybe that was maybe that was in his mind. And I'm not going to lie to you. I I, I thought that was going to happen. Because the 49ers could have iced this game. They could have. That run that Debo Samuels had, that they basically overturned because it looked like he had a first down, I thought the game was over. But when they reviewed it, I was saying to myself, nope, it's going to be fourth down. It's going to be fourth down. The Cowboys going to get it. And the Cowboys is going to go down and win. Because for me, I'm looking at this like, yo, this shit is... This shit look... This shit is like a wrestling match. Like, this shit looks too script. Too script, if you ask me. Because me, I was looking forward to the game anyway because of the whole past rivalry of Cowboys and Niners. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was in the 70s, the 80s, Obviously, I know about them 90s rivalries with these two teams because that's when I got into football. But listen, man, when the game ended, sigh of relief. Sigh of relief. Cowboys fans did spill their grievances. They decided to throw things at the ref, at the refs as they was going in the tunnel. I think they was even throwing something at players, too, because I think Demarcus Lawrence, I think he had to shield himself because things was being thrown at him and whatnot. Um, Dak was at the podium, and some, I think a reporter had asked him something about, oh, um, they was throwing stuff at the refs, and he basically was on some, I'm basically paraphrasing, oh, good for them. Like, good job by them by doing that. 
Now, obviously, a few days later, he went on Twitter and apologized for making those remarks. But at the end of the day, you can't blame the refs for this. You know, both sides of the ball. Well, three sides, because I think they tried to fake a punt. So all three phases was the reason why they lost. But the key was them penalties. Now, again, Mike McCarthy, I'm not a big fan of his anyway. I don't understand why. Well, actually, I do understand why he's the Cowboys coach. And Kellen Moore, for everybody out there who swears up and down that he's this great offensive coordinator and all this, that, and the third, explain this performance. You're an offensive coordinator, right? What was up with your offense in this game? But guess what? He's still going to get coaching opportunities. He's still going to get interviewed for jobs. Why? Because he has the complexion for the protection for the collection. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened this game. He is still going to get interview after interview after interview. But see, this is going to be the problem with Cowboy fans. And y'all have to come to a real, real, real realization. It is going on... We're now in 2022. We're three years away from it being 30 years since the last time y'all was in an NFC championship game. Just think about that. Three decades. We're almost at three decades. This is lotion I'm putting on my hand. It don't sound nothing crazy, all right? 30 years, if you estimate it, since y'all touched an NFC title game. Y'all have to say to yourself, why am I going to continue being a Cowboy fan? Like, why? Because you're going to continue to be disappointed. And you want to know why? Because of your owner, Jerry Jones. The reason being is because he has too many hats. Too many. He's the owner. He's the president or vice president or general manager. All those hats. And it's a family-run business. But the number one factor on why it's not going to work is because y'all don't have a real coach. Y'all don't have a real coach. Mike McCarthy is a product of Aaron Rodgers. He is a product of Brett Favre. Because those were the quarterbacks that he coached. So we figured, oh, he coached Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Oh, that must make him great. Wrong. Yes, he has a Super Bowl ring as a coach. But he's not no real coach. He's masquerading as a coach. He's an offensive coordinator because that's his forte. Masquerading as a co- masquerading as a head coach, but again, back to Jerry Jones. He likes those coaches that report to him. He likes those coaches that won't step to him and want control. Just think about it. And again, I'm I'm 36 years old, so I damn near know every coach. That has been a part of the Cowboys since I've been watching football. And there's only two coaches that I can think of that coached the Cowboys that actually 
didn't take shit from their players and didn't take shit from Jerry Jones. That would be Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. Every other coach that was under Jerry Jones, they were yes men. They were the figurehead. Jerry Jones is the head coach of the Cowboys. I've never seen an owner, and I've said this plenty of times. It's like it's a broken record. I've never seen an owner be interviewed before a game, after a game, holding press conferences before, after the game, having their own radio show the day after the game. No, I, I don't, I've never heard no other owner do that. Not even Mr. Kraft in New England. But see, the problem is Jerry Jones, he wants to stay relevant. And he will do whatever it takes to stay relevant. You got the billion-dollar play plan. He has more losses at home in the playoffs than he does on the road since that new stadium was built in 2009. And this is the team that y'all clamor over? This is America's team? Y'all will continue, and this, this is the Cowboy fans. I need y'all to really listen to what I'm saying to y'all. Y'all are going to continue to cry like those fans did in that stadium. Because they looked sad. Like, they looked real depressed. I think, I, like, I, I think some of them fans need to be checked on because, Lord knows, they might have did some physical harm to themselves. I know one couple, I know... No buns was I know no buns was blazed that night because both of them looked depressed. Both of them looked sad. Like, oh man. But again, I'm not gonna sit here and say I didn't enjoy it because I damn sure did. Listen, I don't know what's gonna happen with the Cowboys this offseason, but I will say this though. If the Cowboys really want to succeed. Mike McCarthy has to go and Jerry Jones has to really dig deep inside himself and get him a real head coach. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Coach Belichick ain't leaving New England. Mike Tomlin's not leaving Pittsburgh. Andy Reid's not leaving Kansas City. Because guess what? Oh, and Sean Payton's not leaving New Orleans. Because those three coaches, trust me, if they was to come to Dallas... They're going to want football control. They're going to want to make decisions. And that's something Jerry Jones ain't going to want. Because, again, he wants yes men. And that's why the Cowboys will continue to fail. They can win these divisions. Yes. They can win these division titles. They might even. But, listen. For all attentive purposes, they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to be one and done. They're going to be one and done. Now, as far as the 49ers go, congrats to them. Congrats to them. Uh, wasn't the best game from Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, not for nothing, he kind of almost gave this game away. Quite similar to the Super Bowl a few years ago with Kansas City. He overthrew a receiver. Where if he would have caught that touchdown, who was Emmanuel Sanders, if he would have caught that touchdown, the game would have been over. Jimmy G almost gave that game up. He almost gave that game up. 
But 49ers defense stepped up, so kudos to them, you could say. And now, the last game. Listen, this game was no surprise. I said Kansas City would win. Not for nothing, I did kind of think that it would be a little bit more competitive than it was in the regular season where Kansas City smoked their boots, but 42-21, to 21, I guess it was the same result. I actually thought... I actually thought it would be interesting because of T.J. Watt's fumble return in the first quarter. I'm like, oh, Pittsburgh got off to a lead. Okay, this game might be... It, it, it might be some. It might be some. Now, mind you, the first quarter, nobody scored. So many punts. So that's when I was like, "Yo, the game. This game might be better than I thought." Negative, because once Kansas City got on the board, once they tied the game up, there was no looking back. There was no looking back at all. Patrick Mahomes, aside from his one interception, five touchdowns. Over 400 yards. Kelsey did his thing. Um, I mean, the running game was decent. McKinnon did his thing. Robinson did his thing. This was the Kansas City team that we was looking forward to in the season. You know what I'm saying? Like that Kansas City team that gets 35-plus points, 30-plus points, that's what we got in this playoffs. Well, in the wild card round. So Kansas City advances. Now let's get to Pittsburgh. Obviously, this has been this was Ben Roethlisberger's last game. I wish people would stop with the mindset of, oh, one last ride, one last dance. He is not Jordan. He is not the undertaker. He is none of those things. He is a washed up quarterback and it is time for him to retire. He is a future Hall of Famer when we go to that 2004 draft class when it was him, Phillip Rivers, and Eli Manning. Out of all three of them, he had the better career out of all three of them. When we think of all three of them, oh, which one of them is guaranteed to go in the hall? It's Ben Roethlisberger. Now, yes, Eli's going to go in because of his two rings that he got beating New England and because he's a Manning. That's why he's getting in. Phillip Rivers, listen, some people, some people don't even feel like he's a Hall of Famer. But, listen, quarterbacks, I'm quite sure... He's going to get in. But this is about Ben Roethlisberger. No team should go after him, which I don't think they are. His career is done. It's over. He should go home, be that caring husband, that caring father, and now focus on his second life. And that's stay-at-home dad. Because his career is over. You have nothing else to offer the NFL. 
It's done. You can't have 44 passes and barely get 200 yards throwing. You just can't do that. You just can't. He barely cracked 100. And he had 20-something passes. And my cousin Super John got mad at me when I said that. But I was just actually speaking the truth. Like, for the past two years, Ben Roethlisberger has basically handicapped the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because now that he's retired, they have no quarterback for the future. Now, unless they got a master plan where they might get Russell Wilson in the offseason. They might get Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Maybe, maybe they got a plan that we don't know about. Because right now, Pittsburgh, their quarterbacks right now is Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. That's their quarterbacks preliminarily going into next season. I feel bad for Steelers fans unless something comes out of this. Najee Harris, dope. I just wish the Pittsburgh Steelers can gather up a, a decent O-line so he can really do his thing like he did in Alabama. I'm not saying put up those type numbers, but do something. Make some type of noise. Their receivers, look, Juju came back this game, but, I mean, he was basically a non-factor this game. He really didn't make no noise, but he basically said that he wanted to be there for Ben Roethlisberger for his last game, so I got to salute him for that. But, again, salute to Mike Tomlin, man. Uh, all these years coaching at Pittsburgh, not one losing season at all. Coach Belichick has had a losing season. Sean Payton has had a losing season. Pete Carroll has had a few losing seasons. Andy Reid has had a few losing seasons. But Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as a coach, head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So salute him for that. Most definitely salute him for that. Those were the... Divisional round game. Well, those were the wild card games. So I'm going to take a quick little break. And when I come back, I am going to give my predictions for the divisional round. Four games on the schedule this weekend. So I'm going to give my opinions on those games when I come back. This is your man Dre Day, Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I'm going to take a quick little break. Your boy will be right back. Holla. What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to Anchor 
anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. What up, what up, what up? Your boy is back. Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast, episode 239. It's time for them division. It's time for the division around. Uh last week it was six games. Oh no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I forgot a game. I forgot a game in the divisional in the wild card, the Rams and the Cardinals. Listen, the Rams made light work out of the Cardinals, thirty-four to eleven. Ain't really much to speak on that. Kyler Murray was non-existent. I'm quite sure he's probably wishing he plays baseball now, because obviously this game, whew, mm, probably, probably this is probably his worst game that he's ever played. Of any type of football. Pop Warner, high school, college, pros, obviously. This was probably his worst game ever. Uh, Matthew Stafford won his first playoff game. Odell went to work this game. Uh, scored a touchdown. Even had a 40-plus yard pass. Uh, the Rams' defense was top-notch. Whether it was from Von Miller or Aaron Donald. Ain't really much to say about this game because it was a wipeout. It was a blowout. You know what I'm saying? So, obviously, the Rams move on to the second round, which is the divisional round. And that's where I'm at now. First game on the docket. Well, again, let me do my picks. My record for the divisional round, for the wild card round. It was six games. I was four and two of my picks. One loss I'm not really mad at, and that was the Cowboy one. I'm not mad that they lost. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they won. I'm happy they lost. I'm happy they lost. I've been trolling Cowboys fans all week. They're lucky I haven't found no more stuff to troll them about, but, you know, it is what it is. Now it is time for the divisional round. We got four games on the docket, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. The first game is... Well, put it like this. Both number one seeds is playing on Saturday. The Tennessee Titans was the number one seed in the AFC, and the Green Bay Packers was the number one seed in the NFC, and both of them are playing on Saturday. First is the 4.30 game on CBS, Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. Now, the elephant in the room. Is King Henry playing? Is King Henry playing? Because on Thursday, Mike Vrabel said that Derrick Henry's foot has been taking more reps in each practice since the Titans has designated him from his return from injured reserve. So for all attentive purposes, it's looking like he's going to play. 
Now, if King Henry's playing, that well, I mean, listen, I think that crowd in Tennessee is going to be turned up regardless, whether he plays or not. But it's looking like he's playing. Again, I respect this Cincinnati Bengals team. I like the direction that they're in. They're young. They're hungry. Listen, everybody's in love with Joe uh, Joe Cool. That's that. That's his nickname, Joe Burrow. Joe Cool. I just don't like the comparisons with Brady. I mean, dude, only been in the game two years, and y'all already comparing him to Brady. Like, let the boy truly, truly get his feet wet before you compare him, you know, to TB12. I guess his personality, his persona, maybe that's why they're comparing him. But I just hate when people come into the game and then they just start comparing people. Like, let just, just let Joe Burrow be him. Having said all of that, I got the Tennessee Titans winning. Um, I, I, I just think that the Titans have been yearning to have a number one seed in the playoffs. They finally got it. And I don't think that they will let this game go to waste. I do think it will be competitive, though. Um, at least for the first half. I think Tennessee runs away with it, you know, in the second half. I'm not that good with giving scores, but I do believe that the Tennessee Titans will win this game. And they'll run away with it in the second half. So I got the Tennessee Titans beating the Cincinnati Bengals. But again, even if the Bengals do lose, there's no disappointment here. This is just motivation going in to next season. Hopefully this is not some 15 minutes type of fame shit where next year they go back to being the laughing stock of the AFC North and being in last place in the division. Hopefully that's not the case. But... Yeah, I don't have them beating the Tennessee Titans in a divisional round. I just don't see it. So I got the Tennessee Titans beating the Cincinnati Bengals. The next game, primetime. The 49ers are not done with rivalries, past rivalries, because now they're going to Lambeau to take on Aaron Rodgers. Now again... I remember these rivalries from back in the day, man. Packers, Niners. You know, one of the highlight games was when Steve Young threw that pass to T.O. in the end zone. And T.O. caught it and went to the sidelines. It was emotional. If you go back to that game, it was a few plays before that where Jerry Rice fumbled the ball. But, you know, they said his knee was down. This was before... Challenges was even effective at that time. But, you know, it is what it is. But not for nothing, man. These past few years that the Packers and Niners have been in the playoffs, it's been very well lopsided. Very much. Now, I know when the season first started, we kept talking about, you know, which quarterbacks or which players had the most pressure going into this season. You had some people saying Dak. You had some people saying Matthew Stafford. Rightfully so. Oh, Aaron Rodgers got a lot of pressure on himself too. Reason being is because what happened in this offseason? Was he going to play? Was he not going to play? 
shows up to camp late, wanted to make decisions. They gave him what he wanted. We now get to the middle of the season, the whole was he vaccinated or was he not? He said he was, but obviously he lied. No penalty came his way. Nothing. But when A.B. did it, he got suspended. But that's neither here nor there. Believe me, I'm not Team A.B. I'm just making the point here. It's a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, too, because we keep holding praise for Aaron Rodgers. There's so many people out there that say, oh, he's this bad man. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's one of the best throwers of the game. All that shit. I take offense to when people say he's better than Tom Brady. Trust me, I do. And trust me, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm going to get to my pick in a few. But I, 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 I got some, I got an axe to grind here. I'm sick of people saying that he's better than Tom Brady. Why? Because he could fling the ball better than Brady? He can make throws that Brady can only dream to make? That's cute. But let's talk about postseason success, shall we? Game for your life, who would you rather have? Brady or Rodgers? And again, this is no shade to Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is my second favorite quarterback. But I have to be objective here. I have to keep it 100. I'm taking Brady. Because, listen, the seven rings is self-explanatory. Aaron Rodgers' postseason success ain't all that good. It's not. Case in point, look at the team that he's playing right now, the 49ers. When it comes to the playoffs, he's 0-3 with the 49ers. He don't want no smoke with the 49ers in the playoffs. He's lost to them twice in the championship game, if I'm not mistaken. He's lost to them twice in the NFC championship game. He's lost to them in the wild card because I remember what year was that when Kaepernick put boots to asses. Kaepernick with the work on that Packers defense. And propelled them to victory. So all this high praise on Aaron Rodgers. Which rightfully so he deserves. He might win MVP this year. Which will make number four. Let's say for the sake of argument. He does get his fourth MVP. And let's say he loses this game to the Niners. That will make him 0-4 against the, against the Niners in the playoffs. And once again, he doesn't make the NFC Championship game. And you had home field advantage. And y'all still going to call him a bad man. Y'all still going to be out there saying he better than Brady. Which is not the case. It's, it's, it's just not. If you want to say he a better thrower of the ball than Brady... By all means, say it. But other than that, he's nowhere near better than Brady. He's not a better winner. He's not a better leader. None of those things. Better than Brady. At all. There you have it. Now, let's get to my pick. I think I said enough. Having said all of that, I'm going to go with Green Bay. I'm going to go with Green Bay because... 
I know Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I know he's heard the whispers. If it's one person that I that I can say that, oh, with, like there's some players that say, oh, they don't watch TV. They don't read the tabloids. They don't read the newspapers. They don't watch sports shows. They don't listen to what these people say. I know he's one of them that does. And he knows his pressure on him. He has to know it. You can't be a number one seed for two straight years and lose at home and then think everything is sweet. This could potentially be his final game with the Packers if they were to lose. I don't think they will, though. I think Green Bay defends home field and beats the Niners. I do. And on top of that, Nick Bosa is questionable because he had a concussion in the game against the Cowboys. So that might be a bonus for Green Bay because, remember, this is this was a short week for the Niners. Remember, they played on a Sunday. This game was on a Saturday, so this is a short week for them. So Bosa might not even be cleared to play, which works well for the Packers. But they better watch out for old Debo Sam. Sam, Sam they better watch out for old Debo. Because Debo, Debo is going to have him a game receiving and running. Now, if the Packers defense can do something with him, they might have a shot. Because now you got to force Jimmy G to do something. And quite frankly, I don't trust him. So I got the Green Bay Packers winning. Now let's get to the Sunday games. Three o'clock, we got on NBC, we got the Rams and the Buccaneers. Again, this is another game that's a rematch from the regular season. The Packers and Niners, I forgot, they played week three and the Packers won that. Aaron Rodgers went down in the clutch, got them in field goal range. Mason Crosby hit a game winning field goal. Walk off field goal. This game, week three as well. And again, when the schedules came out, Tampa lost four games. I said they would lose four games. And I was sure, I was certain that one of those losses was going to be the Rams. So when I saw the schedule, I said week three, Tampa will lose to the Raiders. I mean, lose to the Rams. And I was right. Now, here's the thing. This got to be retribution time. Because the last two times the Rams have played the Buccaneers, because remember, they played each other last year too. Monday Night Football, and the Rams got to win. Right now, they got the upper hand on Tampa. They're 2-0 in two years with Tampa. I'm not going to lie. This game makes me very nervous. Reason being because that defense is still suspect from what I said earlier about how they ended the game against Philly. The Rams defense ain't nothing to mess with. With Floyd, Aaron Donald, obviously. Von Miller. 
Like, this is why they picked Von Miller up. They picked him up for this game right here. Now, I'm quite sure I don't think they thought they would meet Tampa in the divisional round, but they did make that move for Odell and Von Miller for this game right here to play Tampa. And I must say, this game makes me nervous. It does. Because, again, if you go back to the first segment, I said two offensive linemen for Tampa is crippled. Now, will they play? That's one thing. Even if they do play, they're still going to be crippled. What is that going to do for Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald's going to have a feast out there. Brady's going to have to get rid of that ball quick, fast, in a hurry. Is Leonard Fournette playing? Hopefully. The, listen, these receivers for Tampa, they got to step up. We know Mike Evans is going to step up. You know what I'm saying? Perryman, Perryman, Scotty Miller, uh, Johnson, they got to step up. They got to step up this game. They have to. They have to step up this game. Bruce Arians, please don't knock nobody's helmet on. Please don't knock nobody on their helmet this game. I forgot to mention that in the first segment where he did that to um, Adams. Like, I get you was trying to, you know, get your players from not, you know, getting flagged in the scuffle. But come on, white man slapping that slapping a helmet of his player. It happens to be black. Come on, that didn't look good at all. You couldn't have did that to me because it was a problem, huge problem. But back to this game. Again, Matthew Stafford got his first win, so he's got that monkey off his back. Can he keep it going though? Cooper Cup was kind of a non-factor that much in that first game with the Cardinals. But with this Tampa defense being suspect, I'm quite sure he might eat this game. And that's what makes me nervous. Odell has been rejuvenated. He has. And I'm actually happy for him. I'm not even going to lie. I'm very, I'm very happy for him. He looks very happy out there. Very much. Because he got a quarterback that can get him the ball. Obviously, in Cleveland, he couldn't have that with old Baker Mayfield. I know he's not feeling too good right now, besides him having surgery. Listen, y'all can call this an emotional pick. There's just one person that I don't bet against. There's just one guy that I am going to trust, and that's TB12. He's the GOAT. He's my favorite player. He's my guy. I came to Tampa with him. Can't turn my back on him. Even if I don't like the odds. Because I don't. But this is an emotional pick. I'm going with Tampa to beat the Rams. I think it's close. I think it's very close. I just think the team that turns the ball over the most. Whether it's Brady making mistakes or Stafford making mistakes or the running game fumbling, whichever team makes that mistake, makes that first mistake, that's the team that's going to lose. And the Rams got a running game. Sony Michelle, listen, I remember him when he was with New England. Cam Akers, 
I mean, wait, I forgot what he did against Arizona. He knocked the shit out of somebody and basically said, he too little, he too little. Little did he know, he knocked the shit out of homeboy and homeboy was knocked out cold from the hit. Now, you know, he, he showed his concern afterwards, but, you know, you know, you can't be taunting, like, 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 you can't be taunting niggas. And you can't say you didn't know that he was hurt, hurt. Because you looked down and you saw how he looked. And you were still doing the whole, oh, he, he, he too little, he too little, he too little. But again, emotional pick, I'm going with Tampa. Wouldn't surprise me if the Rams won, but again, this is an emotional pick. I'm going with Tampa. To round out the divisional round, we got another rematch. Kansas City and Buffalo. Retribution for Kansas City because Buffalo went there early this season and beat them in Arrowhead. Does Josh Allen have a duplicate performance like he had against New England? And again, they met last year in the playoffs. In this same stadium. Man. This is going to be a good game. I honestly think out of all three, out of all four of these games this weekend, I think this might be the best one. And it's fitting that it's the last game, too. Out of all the games, I think this one might be the one that actually... You know, does some shit. So, because it's the playoffs and it's an arrowhead, I am not going against Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead in the playoffs. I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. So I'm going with the Chiefs to get the victory. So, yes, I have all four home teams winning this weekend. Now, I know one of them is going to lose. Deep down, I know one of them is going to lose. I just don't know which one. But something in my mind is telling me that one of these home teams is going to lose. I just don't know which one, and I'm just hoping Tampa ain't the one. But... Those are my picks for the divisional round. I got the Titans to beat the Bengals. I got the Packers to beat the Niners. I got the Bucks to beat the Rams. And I got the Chiefs to beat the Bills. So those are my picks for the divisional round. And with that being said, it is a wrap for this episode. I want to thank everybody for their support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Um... Y'all can catch me on all streaming platforms, except Tidal, obviously. Um, y'all can holler at me on, well, y'all can catch the podcast on all my social media pages, Facebook, Dre Day, um, Instagram, Dre Day 1985, Sportsway with Dre Day podcast, the link is in the bio, Twitter, Dre Day 1985, so once again, thank everybody for their support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. And closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sports Way with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 239 is over. 
and it's time for me to go. I have to watch my Chicago shows, you know, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, all that good shit. Catch you on the flip side. Y'all continue to be safe out there. Stay safe. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.